brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device or small, your favorite podcatcher on the YouTube channel, and uh, whatever other ways you get to hang out with us on a weekly basis. It is John here, Hannah over there, and uh, so you're, you're, you're good to go now? I'm good to go. Okay. Cough drop in, good to go. Yeah. So that that's your that's your continuity uh, that's your continuity look for those of you who are looking on the YouTube channel when it comes to our interview. Great guest this week, Gene Cathcart, one of the great coaches here in the state of Georgia. He's hilarious. He is unfiltered. He has great answers. He was he was a really good interview. Yeah, the head coach of the Jefferson Dragons. Right now, they are at the top of the ladder in Class Four uh, A. Mm-hmm. Made it to the last game of the year, losing to Marist. And, uh, you know, obviously when you think about Jefferson, obviously you're drawn to you're drawn to Malachi Starks first and foremost because he's been on Football Fridays in Georgia. Mm-hmm. We've seen him up close and personal playing a Flowery Branch in years past. And I interviewed him one-on-one last week. So what was that like for those who haven't had the chance to miss it and where can they see that? They can see it at gpb.org slash sports and it's all over our social media too. We have it out on, on Twitter and Instagram for the Recruiting 2021 show. He was an awesome kid. I was just talking to Coach Cathcart about he had it narrowed down to Alabama, mm-hmm. Clemson, yeah. and Georgia. Yeah, I mean, that is really what dreams are made of in the Southeast. I mean, unless you have your heart set on going to, like, your parents' alma mater or something like that. But, but getting offers and scholarships from those three schools and having to narrow it down, that's tough. Yeah. And ultimately, he chose the dogs, so we talked about, about why and— you know, the home feel, 30 minutes, 30-minute mm-hmm. drive yep. over to Athens. Yep. Um, and he said, obviously, relationships and all of that. But they're going to play him at safety. Which I thought was the interesting element of the interview. You kind of bury the lead in this. It's like, yeah, we have Malachi Starks on. And <laughs> by the way, he's, they say he's going to play safety because we've seen him at quarterback. We've seen him at running back. Yeah, we've seen him at running back, seen him at linebacker, mm-hmm. playing both ways for Jefferson and uh, getting the chance to catch up with Coach Cathcart about the recruiting process, what it was like to, to see this talented athlete being recruited by – Everybody who wanted him to be the the bell of the ball. It was it was great to catch up with him and find out what that was like too for him to look at it from a distance. Yeah, and he still has his hopes and dreams set on playing wide receiver at Georgia too at some point. And apparently the coaches have said that they will. See, play all you him have to do sides. though, but all you have to do is look at Champ Bailey. Yeah, you look yeah. at a Champ Bailey, and we've seen that before with with, uh, with athletes who are talented on on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. So it wouldn't surprise me if they put him in that Champ Bailey role a little bit when he gets to Athens and gets acclimated. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. All right. So what else is on your mind before we catch up with Coach Cathcart? Well, so we're at the point of the season now where all of these games are. For region seating, region implication. Except for, I think, one, and it's the Eagles landing region. And they have only right. two region games That's because right. there's three teams in the region. Well, we're just not going to count them. Not I'm yet. We'll wait, we'll wait another week. <laughs> I'm just joking. We'll wait another okay, week. Okay, the rest of the state yeah. is playing for region standings mm-hmm. and seatings. We've got some regions in the blender already. We're going to preview those games in just a second. But but what have you seen, John? Uh, I mean, it's it's been it has been up close and personal, and you're looking at five for four. You're looking at six for four. And mm-hmm. when we come back from the other side of the interview with Coach Cathcart, we'll get into that in a little more in depth. But we've already shown games 
so far on Football Fridays in Georgia, dating back to the Carrollton game, where Carrollton has had to win out because right now I think they're in a six uh, six teams for four region uh, for four region spots for the playoffs. That's a situation there. There's stump, uh, teams on the coast that are chasing after it in five for four. We'll get into that as well, involving a, a past guest on the Football Fridays in Georgia mm-hmm. podcast as well. So you're you're really getting a lot of these regions where folks were thinking one thing. And with one game in particular that we're going to talk about, now you're looking at something else. And it was a big win for the program that got the the win. I'm not going to say upset in the sense of upset, upset, because it was two top five teams. Mm-hmm. And so how much of an mm-hmm. upset is it really? But we'll talk about that particular game in 5A coming up in just a little bit. Well, let's just talk about it now. And, okay. I, and I'm going to call it an upset. Right. I'm going to call it an upset. Okay. Week nine is in the books, everybody. Sure. Okay. And, and my theme... My theme for these first two is is upset, sure. whether you like it or not. Okay, John. all right. So we'll start with that wild one in Region 1, 5A. Ware County uh-huh. shocked Warner Robins. Well, I'm 28 uh, Talk, to, talk to those folks in Waycross about the word shock now. <laughs> the Gators became the 12th team this season to beat a number one ranked opponent. Mm-hmm. The region goes into the blender. Mm-hmm. Ware County is now 6-1 and one yep. and undefeated in region play, 2-0. and oh. The reason I say that is because they were up twenty-two to nothing. Uh, that was the shocking part for me. Twenty-two to nothing. Legitimately, at one point. it was a shocker to me because their first two drives they score touchdowns, then they get a field goal, then a safety. The ball snapped out of the end of the end zone, so it's nineteen nothing really before you have the chance to look. And Warner Robins had to to fight uphill for the rest of that game. So big win, twenty-nine twenty-one. They uh, Warner Robins scores a touchdown late. They get a two-point, but they don't get the onside kick. And that was the win, 29-21, down there at Veterans Memorial Stadium in Waycross. We were able to talk to Coach Jason Strickland in the post-game show, and and he said that the the team was just rocking. Oh, yeah. Well, and now that they have a bye week, which is just as important before they had, uh, before they have their uh, final games of the season. It's uh, at Veterans and then Wayne County, I think, are their last two this year. It's going to be uh, right now Ware County has the inside track to uh, the number one seed coming out of Region 1. So that means a lot of home games and could be a lot more home games if they win the coin flip coming out of Region 1 down low right in your bracket in 5A. Another upset on my list, this time in Region 2, 6A. Effingham beat Glen Academy 20-14. to The Red Terrors were a seven-point favorite. So big season for first-year head coach John Ford as they go 4-2 and two overall and 2-1 and one in region play, John. And, and this is one that is 5-4 right now. You're looking at Brunswick at 4-0, 8-0. They've got a 2-1, uh, and one, so that's what? 2-1 uh, is 3 divided by 2. Game-and-a-half lead. Mm-hmm. Over Effingham County and Statesboro right now, both at two and one. Then Glen Academy and Richmond Hill are two back at two and two in region. So it's going to be an interesting fight because one of those four teams, Effingham, Statesboro, Glen Academy, Richmond Hill, will not make the playoffs. And because of a very tough region, uh, non-region schedules, I know you're looking at teams. Effingham right now at four and two. You mentioned that Statesboro's at four and three. Mm-hmm. Glen Academy with their non-region schedule, they're three, four, and one. Same with Matt Lazat and Richmond Hill. They're at two and five. They were zero and three in, in uh, non-region games leading into region play. So one of those four teams will not make the postseason out of region two six A. I'm not going to lie. I've kind of zeroed in on these coast teams this year, and I've really been really been paying attention. Really been following to what they've been doing. And- mm. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot of great football down there. You look at what Jeff Heron has been doing at Camden County coming mm-hmm. back. You look at uh, what you're seeing out of Benedictine mm-hmm. and catching up with Danny Britt as we've had uh, we've had him on the show in weeks past, and seeing what we're you're also now coming up I-16 and you're catching up with 
uh, Effingham County and John Ford in that very, very tough region. And uh, the kicker this week on Countdown to Kickoff involves a team on the coast. Always love that. I think I think we've had I think they've been most of our kickers this year. Well, but We've you're had getting, quite a few. It's, it, it, is, it is a first for a program, okay, and great. it is a very cool first. And so we'll show highlights of this particular team and their first ever that will be coming up soon. I think you can kind of guess what that first mm-hmm. ever is going mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. But Countdown to Kickoff okay. at the end of the show, that's going to be the end of Countdown to Kickoff on Thursday on the GPB Sports Facebook page. All right. Haven't even seen the video, so looking looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So those are my two upsets. Uh, more big games around the state I want to get to. There was a uh, Region 1 7A battle in Kingsland. Mm-hmm. Colquitt County came back against Camden County to win 34-31. Traveled from Moultrie, so got off to a little bit of a slow start. They now go 7-1 and on the year, 2-1 and in region play, and this one went to OT, John. Yeah, and this is what our dear friend Tommy Palmer used to uh, call a pack-a-lunch and a dinner trip. Because, or is pack breakfast and lunch or lunch and dinner. I think at lunch and dinner by the time you get to Kingsland. Yeah. But now you're going from Moultrie mm-hmm. through the swamp to get to Kingsland, which is basically Jacksonville, Florida, yeah. to play a game. And that's what this region is. It's Moultrie, it's Tifton, it is Valdosta with Lowndes, and it's Camden. And having to go from one end of the region to the other, that's always a tough test. So not necessarily a surprise that a team that has to make a long road trip takes a little while to kind of get into the rhythm of the game because, you know, you're, you're, feeling, you're feeling that travel. You're feeling the bus. Oh, yeah. And you're having to get off the bus and stretch your legs and finally get into the rhythm of the game. And they finally did, and it went to overtime. Cockwood now at 7-1. and one Camden County in their first year back under Jeff Herons at 4-4. Four and four. Not on the bus was head coach Justin Rogers. He was in the car. <laughs> we had him on the postgame show. <laughs> and he was in the car with his wife and his five-year-old daughter following the bus. And he said, man, I wish I was on there because I know that they are going wild. But he mainly talked about how tough this region is. And, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. But, man. You get through a game like that, and now you have Lowndes on the road again at the Concrete Palace. (laughs) And the thing is, is that these two schools, they're 45 minutes apart, and there is no love lost here. I mean, it is two cities in Moultrie and Valdosta that do not like each other. And you have this rivalry with Lowndes, and, you know, you've had it in the past with Valdosta High, too. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, right now in this one, will be the one probably that turns the the region champ and the number two because these are the two teams that got through week one okay. with the win. So Colquitt and Lowndes, both at 1-0. and Tift and Camden, both at 0-1. So this one probably will determine the, the better part of the, the region title heading into that last week. And remember, this is three weeks in a row. Region 1-7A mm-hmm. takes Bracketology Friday off. They're already in the barn. They've got everything laid wow. out. So they, they're looking at everybody else and seeing how things could, could work out. But it, once again, low right in your brackets this year. Okay. Region 1 plays Region 8. So that means quarterfinals Thanksgiving weekend will be, if you map things out, Collins Hill coming through from Region 8 versus the top seed out of Region 1. So you could have a quarterfinal matchup. Wow. Involving the region champ of Region 1, Colquitt Lounge, Tiff Camden, going up against Collins Hill, who should be the region champ out of uh, Region 8 and 7. 
Bleckley County is now the only remaining unbeaten team in Region 3 2A mm-hmm. after beating Northeast 9 to 6. The Royals scored in the last minute of the game and had to hold on to that lead. Game and a half lead in the region there as well. Dodge, Northeast, Washington County all at 2 and 1, so they'll be fighting for the 2, the 3 and the 4 unless something happens with Lamar and Southwest who are 1 and 3 in region play. So right now it looks like those are going to be the four teams. The order is what's going to be determined with Dodge, Northwest, Northeast, and Washington County. And finally on my list, it was a Region 4 7A opener for Brookwood. The Broncos beat Newton 28-6. to And the reason I want to bring in this game is because I talked to Coach Phillip Jones after the game, and we got to announce that Brookwood-Grayson this Friday is our DPP Game of the Week, and he was really excited about that. Yep, Grayson right now at 2-0, and Brookwood at 1-0, Newton 1-1, South Gwinnett with Brian Lamar, who we've had on the postgame show also at 0-1, Parkview at 0-2 and 3-5. and So once again, five teams for four spots. Parkview has some work to do at 0-2 and South Gwinnett right now at 0-1. But Grayson and Brookwood, once again, another one of these inside track games that you're looking at when it comes to, to Region 4 and who gets to be the one seed coming out in 7A. Any games we missed, John? Uh, and if, if I missed them, I'm going to take the interview with Coach Cathcart and look at them, and so that way we can talk about them on the other side. <laughs> talk about them coming out. Well, I have to give a uh, shout-out to Lassiter. Okay. Four and what four a surprise. Overall. Hey, Commander Sandy, what an absolute <laughs> surprise that she gives a shout-out to Lassiter. Yeah, she was just saving that. I was. like, uh, oh, and by the way. And oh, by the way. See, <laughs> if you don't have any more games than I do, I can keep going. I've got ten more over here. Well, but that's what the other side of the interview is for. But, you know, Commander Sandy, I mean, think about this. You, you have the right because your team is the only one of the three of ours actually that good. is ranked. Undefeated, ranked. Yes. Yeah, she's Her Decatur Bulldogs, they're top ten. She Lassiter's above anybody. Bottom 10. No. Lassiter's bottom well, ten. And so is Lakeside Decab. <laughs> she above anyone okay. has the right to sit here and interject at any given moment because the Decatur Bulldogs have been top ten and they have been putting up some large numbers. Yes. She has large the numbers. numbers. She was already uh, bragging let's see. about it. They beat uh, Stone Mountain sixty three to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, MLK forty one to nothing. Lithonia twenty eight to nothing. Yeah, so those are the last. Yeah, and she. Yeah, they beat MLK this past week, and now you're at Northview on Friday. Northview's at two and five. Decatur seven and zero. Oh. If anybody on this show deserves the right to talk about their team, it is Commander Sandy. I didn't even get to say the score. <laughs> You didn't even you didn't even let me finish the score, John. Lasseter won. Okay, good for you. You, can, you know what you, was the score, Hannah? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll leave our listeners with some anticipation. They can look it up. Oh, okay, so I see how you're working here. As everyone rushes to their phone to to Google Lasseter's region win. Hey, I'm looking it up right now. Sixteen three. So you beat Osborne. Sixteen three. There you go. So there, I say I saved you a click. Oh man! Isn't that the, isn't that the the thing the kids do? Saved you a click? Yeah, yeah. Clickbait. No, just saved you a click. It's like a it's like a function. You jumped like into the hashtag. comment section and you and you. Yeah, hashtag saved you a click. So that's Thank what you, it John. is. Yeah, you want you want to toss to the interview now? I do. Okay, it's time. then toss to the interview now. It's time. We had a great one. We had Jefferson head coach Gene Cathcart on Region Eight Four A. They have been dominating, undefeated. Let's hear what he has to say about the season. All right, Coach. Well, I want to start off by letting you know that I wore my Jefferson T-shirt, extra large to fit over the baby bump, on Friday, and it brought me luck in the studio. We had a great broadcast. John brought me back the T-shirt from when he was out there, and 
I just am very thankful. Thank you for the T-shirt. Well, we're honored. That's that's amazing. That's that's great. So uh, anytime we have great people that are bringing us that kind of luck back, I'm glad that uh, I hope it benefited you. That's that's super. It was very comfortable, very soft. It might be my new go-to. See how letting you know. See now, <laughs> you give you give Hannah a a comfortable T-shirt to wear because she has to wear clothing for three right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. And so, you know, she's she's a gamer. I'll give her credit, but but what I've tried to do is in all the all the road trips that I've gone on, I always try to make sure that some, there's a piece that I can bring back so Hannah can represent as well. And uh, so, yeah, first and foremost, thanks for the helmet to add to the set, and thanks for the T-shirt to make sure that Hannah is dressing well enough for three. Oh, well, thank you all, like I said, for representing. That's, that's awfully cool. It's nice to see the helmet and, and everything else when y'all are getting those nostril shots of coaches throughout the state of Georgia <laughs> who are who are interviewing uh, from their cell phone angles with you. That's hilarious. Well, it, it, know, it's been we've been we've been talking about it, and we're like, do we tell the coaches to you know yeah. t- tip their phone down and their computers down? And we're like, no, we're just going yeah. with the shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all do an incredible job, and it's it's great to be in a state where football's important. And it's great that you guys do such a great job promoting our student-athletes and the programs throughout the state. Well, thank you so much. I guess I haven't gotten to my first question yet. No, that was a preamble <laughs> was building the, up to yeah. our first question. <laughs> Very long prelude. Well, my first question is you go 7-0 and on the season, 3-0 and in region play, so undefeated. That's amazing. Coming off a bye week, how did you use that time to prepare for the backstretch of your season and get your team healthy? Well, that's a great question. I think everybody uh, this time of year is is banged up or bruised up, and and uh, we're no exception. Uh, you know, we've had injuries to some critical guys, some awfully good players, and um, none too serious yet. But uh, you know, it was great to be able to get them some extra rehab to uh, go ahead and go back and, and work on the fundamentals on the field. We're blessed. We have a lot of depth, and the reason those kids practice is, of course, for their opportunity when their time's called. I think uh, Stetson Bennett is an incredible example of that to all high school players in this state. And, uh, you know, our guys have stepped up. But certainly to be at the level we want to be at, Hannah, we've got to get uh, get some guys, you know, healthy and uh, get them back where they're in the, the full flow. Is like you said, as we kind of go down this regular season home stretch and and hopefully on into the playoffs. How difficult is it being a number one team? Because everyone's looking at you. Everyone's gunning for you. How do you handle that pressure, I guess, internally? I mean, you voice some secrets if you like, but, I mean, how, how do you handle that pressure internally knowing everyone's gunning for you every week as a top-ranked team? Well, you know, it used to probably be every coach cliche would have worked, you know, uh, of kind of, you know, I don't know, refusing to acknowledge it or, or what have you, but gosh, you know, you guys do such a great job. We're so well covered throughout this state. I mean, it's almost silly to, to I mean, you're almost disrespecting your kids if you assume that they don't know more about the teams you're playing than maybe we do from film and from social media and things like that. So, uh, you know, we embrace it. Um, you know, certainly uh, you don't uh, – you don't want to be the regular season state champion too many years in a row because we do have a tournament at the end of the season. It will all sort itself out. You know, we try to impress our hires and need to be the number one team in our region, which would allow us to be the number one seed and that being more important than, you know, what the various 
you know, rankings say in terms of, uh, you know, this poll or that poll or, or what have you. But that number one seed is vital, the home playoffs deal until you have to start flipping coins, you know, a huge advantage. And, you know, so we really do emphasize to our guys probably, you know, the, the region thing first and then, you know, just kind of wanting to um, – to play at a certain level when the expectation's like that. We don't want to flinch from the expectation. If, if folks think we're that good a football team, then, you know, we want to make sure that every time we go out there, we try to represent that, that standard and that level of excellence. One of the playmakers on your team that has certainly raised expectations is senior quarterback slash safety all-around defensive slash, guy. Sl- slash just call it running, slash starts, Running basically. back, <laughs> athlete, Malachi Starks. He's committed to Georgia. What does he mean to your team? You know, he's, he's the face of our program without question. Uh, you know, uh, the the thing that you you find right away about him is uh, there's not anybody here who begrudges him any success. There's no jealousy. He's such an outstanding leader. He's so well-liked, so well-regarded. Um, you know, everybody kind of celebrates his successes. And then, in turn, he celebrates the, the successes of his teammates, the Sammy Browns, who you know, been such a great player, Caden Bailey, Jordan Perry, all the guys, Trey Reese, who's had an incredible year for us. All of those guys, um, you know, you're really fortunate when everybody talks about culture. It's a buzzword nowadays. But, uh, when, you know, one of the great things about culture in a locker room is when your best players are also your best people and leaders, then you're destined to, you know, to have a chance to do some awfully special things. And, he is a special leader, he's a special young man, and he makes those around him better. And that's probably the greatest compliment you can, can pay, you know, pay a great player. How has his game improved going into his senior season and coming through his senior season? Because I know he's been battling injuries and he hasn't been at full mm-hmm. song coming out of the blocks. But how has his game gotten him ready for the next level? And what else do you think he needs to work on? Well, you know, certainly um, – I make minimum wage, and, and Kirby is one of the top paid coaches in the country. So I don't, I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm hoping to scratch together things for a minute for a diet coach. And so I'm not, I'm not going to speak on that. Those guys are incredible what they do. And, you know, I think the thing, the question there would be exactly what they, they ultimately plan to do with him. You know, he's got, like you said, that linebacker, that slash, that safety, that strong safety roll down guy. Um, he's just got so much ability and versatility that, you know, they're certainly going to use him incredibly well, just like they do all their players. But, uh, you know, I think probably the thing that we've tried to do this year is is having more talent around him in certain places and maybe being able to take some of the pressure off him. Uh, You know, he's been banged up, you know, with his uh, foot injury and a thumb injury. And, we, you know, we've tried to – and I think him just letting the game come to him a little bit. Uh, you know, last year we needed him to, you know, to to be in some instances the car and the engine and the driver and the pit crew. And you know, right now, you know, we don't necessarily need him to have those all those roles. We just need him to go out and be Malachi. And, you know, when the time comes, uh, you know, the brightest stars in the shine in the sky are the ones that shine. And certainly, when that time comes, he's going to be one of those guys. Uh, but you know, he he just there's there's any attribute, any intangible, any, you know, coaching rhetoric that you could say to imply a great young man. He is all that and more. One more question on Starks. I know you have a hands-off approach when it comes to recruiting, 
but he had it narrowed down to some heavyweights. I mean, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, that is what dreams are made of. Well, for players in the Southeast, at least. Right. What What did you see? How did he handle the recruiting process, and, and what did you observe? Well, it's, that's a really good question because it can be overwhelming. And, uh, you know, when you when you say hands-off process, I appreciate you pointing that out, or hands-off approach, because, you know, that's a decision for the young man. You know, I, heck, I grew up in Clemson, South Carolina. I lost all kind of friends over him going, going to Athens, <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, I went to Daniel High School and ended up graduating and getting my teaching degree from Clemson. Uh, so, you know, after a short time playing at the Citadel, so, uh, you know, I, I uh, trust me, I felt, you know, I, I heard from people I heard from in a while. But, you know, he's got an incredible family structure. I mean, incredible mom and dad and support structure in place that uh, we're here as a resource for him. Um, you know, and that's how we were. He he was as best you can during this COVID time. He did his due diligence. You know, obviously visits were shut down. Things were, you know, were different. Uh, but you know, those guys don't make those, that that amount of money without identifying not only great players but the kind of kids they want in those kind of programs. And you know, so once they got to know him and he got to know those guys. You know, he was able to make an informed decision where he felt comfortable, where his parents felt comfortable. And, you know, I will say I do I do kind of support, you know, the fact getting that decision off you and trying mm-hmm. to enjoy your senior year. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot to be said for that. Now, certain kids can't handle being out of the spotlight. They can't handle, you know, once they ask somebody to the prom, not being the pretty girl that's being chased. Uh, you know, and, and Malachi can because he's, you know, he's so confident about himself and, and, you know, he can kind of help recruit some other people that way. But, you know, I've been so proud that he's just made 12th grade his priority and 13th grade will take care of itself when he gets here. When it comes to your roster, and this is a question that we like to ask because of the Recruiting 2021 show that we have. Sure. We always have the segment at the end of the show where Matt and I are talking about make that kid an offer. Is there is there a player, are there a couple of players on your roster this year that for whatever reason they are overlooked, underappreciated, understarred, if you believe in the star system, because we all know mm-hmm. about J.J. Watt being a two-star, and we saw how that turned out. Right. Is there anybody that would fit from your roster that really could – benefit from make this kid an offer or make this kid a better offer who would fit in that category for you this year that's done yeoman work for you well it's you know certainly the poster child for that on our team would be boss bailey's son caden bailey Mm -hmm. Uh, bailey has kind of gotten lost in the malachi sammy brown you know uh and all he does is just play unbelievable football every week and uh you know, he has some offers, but maybe not the ones that, uh, you know, that we had hoped he would have by now. But uh, outstanding young man, great, great student, um, student of the game as well. I don't think your boss's son and champ's nephew and, and you don't have the great mama he's got without just being an incredible person. And he's one. Jordan Perry, of course, committed to uh, Kansas State for us. He would have been in that category before his commitment. 
Uh, Trey Reese is a junior who is, is just playing lights out for us this year. And, and we knew he was a great player, but he's, he's really stepped up for us as a running back and, and a DB. And, you know, when there are others, Spencer Neese is a, is a guy who's we think has the potential senior wide receiver, outside linebacker to be a, you know, big time player. Uh, and he's being recruited, just maybe not the level that, uh, know that we'd love for him to get some offers slung his way and, and Dawson Crawley is, is a receiver who fits that boat you know uh, we feel like that we've got a bunch of kids sometimes I think uh, college coaches show up and you know with with five six seven names and they're like well you uh, you know I did the same thing when I was recruiting in college I, I, you know I'd sit there and say well how do you have that many good players at one place well here it lets a, an overrated coach go Thirty-one and three, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's 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 what it does, and you know, uh, that's what we've been since this uh, senior class. You know, we're sophomores, and I think thirty-one or thirty-two and three. Uh, you know, one regular season loss in three years, and uh, you know, so so that to us is evidence of those. But you guys know because you cover it so closely. There's such a difference in being a great prospect and a great player. Mm-hmm. You know, they're great prospects who have all those measurables and they don't really dominate on Friday nights, but they're good players and they end up going to big time program. Then you've got those just really great high school players that, uh, you know, we've got a couple that play for us at Harding University right now in a nationally ranked Division II program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got those guys. And when you have them, those two things line up, you get a Malachi and you get a Sammy Brown and you get, you know, when the prospect and the player both merge, that's, that's pretty special. And, and we think, like you said, I would say Caden would be the last long-winded answer to your question uh, because he's just such an outstanding player in so many ways for us. Well, I'm writing these names down so okay. we can keep an, out, okay. an eye out Good. for them. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you another shirt. <laughs> so I can get another shirt, there yes. Go. There you go. Um, all right, Coach, let's talk about the rest of your schedule. So three region games down, three more to go. You play Chesity on the road this Friday. They are three and four. Then you've got North Oconee and Madison County. I guess talk about those three games and, and what's it going to take to get through. Well, Chesity, you know, without being Lou Holtz-esque, Chesity is one of the most in- – probably the most improved team in our region. Sean Conley and his staff, Coach Corley, all those guys, they do an incredible job. And, you know, they were struggling last year to scratch for wins. And this year they're playing with a lot more confidence, scoring a lot of points. And, uh, you know, this is the one that, uh, of course, you guys don't do this. Y'all are too good at what you do. But all our local media, this if I hear trap game one more time, I think I'm going to throw up. Uh, but, uh, oh, you know, the trap game is, is when, you know, if we weren't anything last few years, it's that we ought to value every opportunity to play with COVID and everything like that. So trap games only when a team doesn't look to value that, that chance to play or – Young men don't look down and see where their feet are, so they will be where their feet are, so they you know start looking ahead and things like that. And so, you know, Chesity poses us plenty of problems. They're still alive in the playoff hunt, and that's a testament to the incredible job they've done. So, at their place this week and then next week, you know, probably the de facto region championship game. Uh, North Oakland undefeated in our region. Their only losses are to. You know, outstanding football teams. Uh, you know, Oconee County. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they lost to uh, Benedictine and Cambridge. And so, you know, I don't think 
anybody is going to shut the program down for losing close games to those teams. And um, Tyler and his guys do an incredible job. So that'll be a big game. And then Madison County has kind of become over the years that we've been in this region a good rivalry, Chris. And those guys do a great job. They actually run a you know, similar option style offense to what we're doing right now. So uh, it'll be a good matchup. And, you know, it's the region has just really improved. And so you still have, you know, all the one team mathematically alive for the playoffs. So it'll it'll be a great challenge. Gene Cathcart, head coach of Jefferson, hanging out with us for another couple of minutes here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. When you look at Quad A, what do you see in the teams that are hanging out there with you at the top of the rankings? It's Marist, it's Benedict and Carver, Columbus, Cedartown, Spalding, Perry, TCC, Baldwin, sure. and North Oconee at 5-3. and three. When you look at the rest of the class, what do you see? You know, whereas in most of the, you know, if we were all taking a truth serum, if we were to talk about all the other classifications, we'd admit that probably there's five teams that would have a, you know, unless somebody just, you know, pulls up Villanova, NCAA, beat Georgetown basketball kind of run, there's about five teams in each classification that have, a, you know, the heavy favorites to, to one of those five would win it. I would say you could go 9, 10, 11 deep in 4A. And nobody would be, who knows football like y'all do, who knows high school football so well, would be shocked if any of those teams, you know, were to, were to you know, get hot at the right time, stay healthy, have some breaks, and, and win those games. So those teams you mentioned, and there's a few others that are just really talented, really well coached. And, you know, so 4A football, it just seems to be right now, there's a, there's a whole lot of, uh, of Lions trying to get, you know, get at that meet. Uh, and, you know, that, that makes for a great, exciting playoffs for everybody. And it, it makes having that home field advantage that we talked about earlier so important. Speaking of getting at the meet. Okay. <laughs> you, I don't know why I said that. You <laughs> lost in the title game last year to Maris, the 4A championship mm-hmm. game, of course. Now you guys are both ranked one and two again. So, Coach, my last question for you is, how would you feel about a rematch? Well, I, I think earlier this year they told me that I'd won my 150th game, which just means you've had good players and are getting older. Mm-hmm. I think Chad was won like 4,000. <laughs> and uh, so 5, I think if I were to coach until I was Moses' age, uh, you know, we wouldn't, wouldn't touch Allen. But uh, just a class program, a well-run, well-coached. Uh, it was an honor to compete against those guys last year. Um uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, gosh, you look at what Benedictine's doing, too, like you mentioned, and Carver Columbus and, and all those things. Whoever wins is going to, you know, whether it's facing a Marist or one of those other guys or, or us or whoever is going to earn that ring. That's not going to be cheap jewelry. That's going to be uh, somebody who really, really earned it, fought through some some awfully tough battles to get that. So, uh, but, no, if that was the opportunity for us to play them, you know, now that the GHSA has the multiplier, I think instead of the 4A state championship, we would combine to be in like the 28A state championship. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it just thank the world of Coach Chadwick and really were impressed with just how his kids competed and the class they showed in winning last year. And the reclassification question will be one that we will save for another mm-hmm. version of the yeah. Football Fridays in Georgia. We don't podcast. have enough time to no, get into that. I mean, that yeah. would that's a, it's definitely another topic that we can talk about a little later on in the year when things get more finalized and all that as you chase a, a 28A state championship as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. Coach, thanks. Yeah, for, well, 
I just probably should say less. But, you know, <laughs> as my mom once told me, you've never missed an opportunity to open your mouth. And uh, so, unfortunately, I, I should listen to my mom and my wife. <laughs> hey, I, I've never heard that before. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Coach, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We will be keeping an eye on everything going up there with the Jefferson Dragons, one of the great venues, one of the great towns when it comes to high school football here in the state. Thanks for hanging out with uh, with me and Hannah, and we'll be catching up with you down the road. Oh, thank you all. Thanks, John. Thanks, Hannah. And Hannah, take care of yourself and those, uh, those soon-to-be's, okay? I will. Thank you. All right. Thanks. How many weeks of coverage would we need to open up for a 28A championship well, let's see. So if we do, if it's three days and we do eight championships plus uh, flag football, mm-hmm. so then we're adding. And by tw- that time, we can consider flag football all 28A as well. True. All right. So then you're probably looking at another three or four championships there. So you're looking at probably adding another 18 championships. So that's another. So it's another week, maybe wow. another week of broadcasting. I was going to say two. No, because I mean, if it's three championship games, if it's eight days, right, if it's eight championships right. in three days, okay. so then you're looking to add another twenty because of flag football being the first day. So you're probably looking at another week of broadcasting. We could do it. I think so. You know what? Bring it on. I think so. Why not? People who say seven A is too many. Oh. <laughs> we can add. We can keep adding. <laughs> You just wait. <laughs> you just wait and see. All right. Well, but no, it was it was fun to catch up with Coach Cathcart on a bunch of was. different topics. He really is one of the great characters, yeah. and I mean that in the sense of uh, very self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. And you know, you ask him a question, he'll let you know what's on his mind. And uh, I know that a lot of folks last year when we had the the game against Flowery Branch on the air on Football Fridays, mm-hmm. and he wears he wears glasses, and he had the he had the the face covering on last season. Okay. And when it was like, it was raining and it was, you know, pretty nasty conditions. His glasses fogged up on the air during I the I remember interview. that. Yeah. I remember that. So, no, it's, it's, it's great to catch up with him because he's a great personality here in the state of Georgia. One of the great coaches came over from the state of South Carolina and he's been a coach at Jefferson for a little while now, but it's uh, one of the cool guys that we have here in the state. Well, I got so excited talking about their gym, Malachi Starks, uh-huh. and our interview with Cathcart and everything uh-huh. that happened last Friday. We forgot to recap our game of the week. You got four and a half hours? So, so I think it's time to do that. Four and a half broadcast hours. Unbelievable. It's one of the wildest OT. one of the wildest nights I think we've had on Georgia Public Broadcasting. I think Matt said that on air. He said it was one of the best games he's ever covered. 48-47 final in overtime between Cambridge and Johns Creek. Cambridge at had a lead. At the Coliseum. At the Coliseum. C O L O S S E U M. Coliseum, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the Roman Coliseum. Mm-hmm. You have Cambridge with a lead. Johns Creek storms back. Then Cambridge storms back. You go to overtime with the late score from Cambridge, great comeback by them, and one of their signature wins in their 10-year history. They have not won a region title, and this could go a long way in giving that for that side for the Cambridge Bears. Great game, 48-47, and with the post-game show, we were on the air for four and a half hours. I know. We didn't get off there until 11.55? Uh, uh-huh, about 11.50, and then I stormed into my late-night uh, scoreboard shows, and it's I literally I'm calling the late-night scoreboard shows that I check in with every single week, and they're like, oh, so you're finally over. Yeah, we're finally over. I know. By the end of the postgame show, my brain was so mush. I couldn't even remember what our next game was. So what is our next game? Couldn't tell you.
I'm just joking. Brookwood and Grayson, hello. Brookwood and Grayson. Yeah, Brookwood and Grayson. It's going to be a fun one to determine the inside track for region championships as well. When you look at other games that uh, folks are going to be keeping an eye on, you've got, once again, we talked about Cockwood at Lowndes Mm -hmm. on Friday. That one's going to be big. Uh, Walton, how do they rebound uh, with the loss to North Cobb? They're at North Paulding, 4-2 versus 4-3. You know, Pebblebrook right now, they're at 7-0-1. Can they keep things going up against Noonan? Uh, 6A Lee County has uh, Northside Warner Robins visiting Leesburg 7-1 versus 6-2. Uh, you know, let's see. I'm I'm buzzing through all of the games that I have here. Yeah, you got Northside right, Northside and Lee County. We talked about that one. Uh, you know, Ware gets the week off before they get ready for veterans. Warner Robins has a chance to rebound against Wayne County in 5A. Coffee is at veterans. Because you've got five teams, somebody's got to have the bye week. So this week it's Ware County. Uh, Decatur, once again, we, we'll mention Commander Sandy and the Decatur Bulldogs. They have the 2-5 and five Northview team Friday, nice. and it's a road trip. It's a road trip for you. So I'm guessing because of rush hour traffic on a Friday, having to go to Northview, you probably have to leave, what, about Thursday afternoon at some point? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Sean Mitchell, by the way. 13-16 passing in the 41 win over ML King. 241 yards, touchdowns to four different receivers. Uh, Trevion Webb and Nashawn uh, Smith returned fumbles for scores, so they're they're getting it. So you had two defensive scores. You had four offensive scores. Your quarterback sounds pretty solid. He is. He is. It, they're, they're a really good, just well-rounded team. They they, they play, um, they play nice. well as a team. Must so, be nice. Um, you know, big test, Southwest DeKalb and St. Pius the last two games of the season, so. Yeah, and St. Pius is ranked above them. Uh, you know, St. Pius is at five and two, and so uh, once again, these region tests. You know, she's she's this close to a region championship. She's this close, so close to another title. Uh huh. Another one. Marist uh, gets uh, at the Marist is at Stevenson on Friday in Quad A. Benedictine and, and New Hampstead six and two and seven and one. That's a big one on the coast since mm-hmm. you like the coast so much. Loving the coast this year. Spalding and Baldwin. That's another one in Quad A that uh, we need to pay attention to. Triple A. You're looking at Oconee County and Monroe area. That region, Oconee County, Hart County, Monroe area, you're one, two, and three, and that round robin is taking care of itself to figure out who's going to be the seeds there. Sandy Creek at 7-0 and has Carver Atlanta on Friday. Uh, you've got Pierce County and Long County, 5-2 and two and 4-4. Four and four. They're going to, uh, to go at it. Hart and Stevens, that's that region that we were just talking about. Hart County has spun off after the loss to Oconee County. And they are going to play Stevens County, who's also at 6-1 and one in Hart County. So that's Hartwell and Carnesville, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So that one's going to be in Hartwell. Rance Gillespie and the Hart County Bulldogs both at 6-1 and one on both of those. Uh, Rabin County takes on Elbert County, 7-1 and one and 3-3. Three and three. Fitzgerald and Thomasville mm, Re- in Region 1 AA. That one, two teams, 7-1. and one. That's going to determine region seedings versus 1-2. and two. Bleckley and Washington County, we talked about that region and uh, what Washington County can do as part of that 2, 3, and 4. Jeff Davis at 8-0 and o takes on Swainsboro. That one's going to be big in double-A uh, as well, so we'll keep an eye on that. You're looking at single-A, uh, single-A uh, single private. Trinity Christian is at Brookstone on Friday, so there's a lot of great games. That is the bottom line. Can you tell that John is so ready for bracketology? So <laughs> ready. This is just the beginning, just the prep work. Hey, one more thing about Brookwood before yeah. we just kind of blow through our game of the week. Yeah. They've won three straight games. Their defense has not allowed a point in the last two games. So that is going to be a storyline yes. for that game. Yes, it is. Region 4, 7A, mm-hmm. sole possession of first place in that region will be on the line Friday. 
<clears throat> Excuse me. Kickoff yeah. set for 7.30. Okay, so for those that are always wondering why Hannah is having to clear her throat, it's because of allergies. I have, I seriously have the worst allergies of anyone on earth, and I've been battling them now for a month and a half. Yeah. And we've been talking about it every podcast, so yeah. nobody wants to hear about it anymore. Well, so then, you know, she goes to Arizona. The air there is fantastic. Didn't and then she comes sneeze, back here. Uh, didn't sneeze or cough or clear my throat once in three days in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And come back here and right back to where we started. All right. So then, since you don't want to talk about it anymore, you want to say goodbye? Sure. Okay. So uh, for Commander Sandy and her incredibly successful so far, Decatur Bulldogs, and for uh, J3, is that what we're calling them? We're calling them the J3 because everyone that comes in to work on the podcast, besides Sandy and myself, every male, <laughs> every single ah, male okay, I see where this goes. name, it starts with a J. Yeah. I, I think it's part of the job requirement. Yeah, we, we've got uh, Jake the Snake, the Outlaw Jesse, and King James that are a part of it here every single week. Jake and, the Snake. Uh-huh, and uh, Commander Sandy. So, yes, every male on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast has to have, it is now mandatory, that you have <laughs> to have a letter J as a part of things. Because before, Jake the Snake, it was Jahi the Magnificent. Mm-hmm. So, see, this is... We stumbled onto something here. We have. I see how this works. Mm-hmm. So once again, thanks to head coach Gene Cathcart of the Jefferson Dragons for being a part of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks to you for watching in whatever form and listening in whatever form you do. And once again, reminder, Brookwood and Grayson, Game of the Week, Football Fridays in Georgia. That is at 730 on Friday. Your recruiting 2021 starts everything off at 7 o'clock with Hannah, interviewer of the Stars Gooden, Matt Stewart, and myself. Another big night of high school football coming up here in the state of Georgia. For everybody here at Georgia Public Broadcasting and GPB Sports, play it safe, everybody. Enjoy your games. to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.